0: Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to part three on the coronary arteries. And we left off with this case, patient with a history of depression, atypical chest pain, nuclear stress test was normal, but a cardiac CT was ordered, and look at the images. Look at the patient's coronary, look at the patient's right main coronary. What do you see there? Let me show you a few more images again look what's coming off the right main coronary artery the right coronary and what else and here it is again in 3D and here it is again and here what I'm going to show you look at the look at it in motion we'll scroll on the axials first and then we'll scroll through the uh, patients 3D volume rendering Okay, very nicely, just, so just look at it and figure out what is going on in terms of the patient's right coronary. It's dividing into two vessels. What are they? So let me ask you the question. Best diagnosis in this case is right coronary arising off the left, left main coronary arising from the right cusp, left main coronary arising from the proximal right coronary or a coronary artery fistula. So here are the images again. Look at them think about them and then let's vote. And the answer is the left coronary is coming off the proximal right coronary. Just a beautiful example. Here it is again and you can see the schematic drawing showing it very nicely. And then I'll ask you a question. In this case, is the left coronary traveling in a transeptal course, a prepulmonic course, a retroaortic or interarterial course. And when you think back at those images, you recognize that it's inter arterial. And that's common or typically left main coronary arises from the sinus valsalva, right coronary a common trunk with the RCA. In a small percent of cases, but the majority will have a interarterial course. Now remember your courses. So again, left coronary rising of the right coronary, it can course between the aorta and pulmonary artery at the level of the pulmonary valve, which is the inter arterial, 75%. can be by the transverse, the upper intraventricular septum, transseptal, prepulmonic, coursing anterior to the pulmonary artery, or right ventricular alpha tract, or course between the aortic root and left atrium, which is a retroaortic aortic course. Now, Remember that the interarterial course is the one that's significant. It's the one that's considered a malignant anomaly. The prepulmonic, the transeptal, and are considered benign or clinically insignificant. So remember the anomalous coronary artery pathways. Again, four different pathways, three benign, one malignant, that are interarterial course is the one that you worry about in terms of sudden death and all of the risk factors with coronary artery anomalies. In this case, a conservative approach was decided to be taken. It was felt that the risk of reimplantation was higher than the risk of treating conservatively. Um, another case here's a nice example of a right coronary artery arising off the left cusp with an interarterial course. Beautifully shown, you can see a little bit of compression of the proximal right coronary artery. There's a couple more views of that, and here it is very nicely shown in 3D. So again, an important origin, and that's one of the more common anomalies and the one that's classically interarterial. Um, again, it's important to consider these. Most coronary arteries are of academic interest, but a minority can cause acute symptoms, angina, myocardial infarction, or arrhythmias, and present in the ER setting. It's important to remember, particularly in younger patients, the most common causes of sudden cardiac death in descending order of frequency are hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, but number two is coronary artery anomalies with an interarterial or intramural course and then atheromogenic right ventricular cardiomyopathy, ARVC, but coronary artery anomalies are indeed number two. Okay. Another case, 25-year-old female atypical chest pain, cardiac CT was done to look for coronary anomalies. And what do you see here? I'll give you a hint, what is going on with that pulmonary artery? What's that vessel coming off? And here it is again showing you that vessel in different obliquities. And then here I'm showing you the fact the right coronary artery is very large. And I'm asking you the question, What's the best diagnosis? Coronary artery aneurysm? Coronary artery fistula? Anomalous origin of the left coronary? Or pulmonary hypertension? So look at it again. Look at where that left coronary artery is coming from. Again, I apologize, I'm only giving you a couple images, but that's all you're getting. Then here it is again. And so the answer is anomalous origin of the left coronary. It's arising from the pulmonary artery. And if I you the question, what's the specific anomaly? Well, I already told you, but you would recognize is the left coronary off the pulmonary artery, which is very nicely shown in these examples. Now, you can see the hypertrophied right coronary artery, which is classic in this scenario. Now, this scenario, the anomalous coronary or the coronary off the pulmonary, goes by a term. It goes by the ALCAPA, anomalous origin of left coronary artery from the pulmonary artery. That's a classic finding, ALCAPA. It occurs in a, it, children or adults. In children, it's said, 90% experience a myocardial infarction and die within the first month of life. Uh, in order to survive, you need to have collaterals. As pulmonary artery pressure drops after birth, decreased flow to the LV myocardium occurs which can lead to congestive heart failure, mitral insufficiency, and due to myocardial infarction, and patients die early unless this is recognized. If you survive past infancy with no intervention, you need significant circulation, collaterals from right to left coronary circulation. So flow to the LCA territory is inefficient at times, and then the patient develop arrhythmias, which can result in sudden death. So again, a few CT findings. Left coronary arises from the left inferior lateral aspect of the main pulmonary artery. And I remember I focused you here about the right coronary being big. Well, the right coronary or the left may appear dilated and tortuous. You may see dilated into coronary collateral arteries. And LVH, hypertrophy, or dilatation of the LV may indeed recur. Article by Penna, Alcopa syndrome is a rare congenital anomaly in which the LCA originates from the main pulmonary artery. Diagnosis can be made by uh, multi-detector CT or MR imaging. And when you think about it, it's one of the anomalies of origin. And when you think about the anomalies of origin, we talk about high takeoff, multiple osteas, single coronaries origin of the coronary from opposite a non-coronary cusp, and of course anomalous origin from the pulmonary artery. There's only one way to treat this patient, that surgery. The patient had reimplantation of the left coronary, and this patient did fine. Let me show you another case. 43-year-old with chest pain, shortness of breath. What's the best diagnosis? Well, before you give me a diagnosis, unless you're really lucky, let me show you the images. Here's the patient. And then here we're going to see this motion. If you look at the imaging, what is going on by the patient's main pulmonary artery? Look at the main pulmonary artery. Look to the right of the main pulmonary artery and then all around the pulmonary artery. And then you can see it again on the second set of images. What is going on with the pulmonary artery? Okay, And then you just follow what appears to be The patient's left coronary and what appears to be the right coronary just follow that down consecutively and let's look at again a little bit closer same thing in motion if you can scroll through that look at the pulmonary artery look where the right coronary is coming from okay and then here we go again look at all those collaterals both to the right and left of the pulmonary artery and then here it is again and here it is on 3D and the 3D will also again, show you some of the motion. We'll slide through the data sets. We'll look from above and from below, but from above you really nicely see the origin of the patient's uh, pulmonary artery. But then what's going on with the coronaries? What exactly is happening? So in this case, what's the diagnosis? Coronary aneurysm, fistula, anomalous, right coronary, pulmonary hypertension, and this was a wonderful case. It's the best example I've seen of this. Look at the images I have circled. The patient's right coronary is coming off the pulmonary artery. Look at all of those collaterals. Um, very impressive. The left main, L-A-D, CIRC, and branches of the right coronary are dilated due to this left to right shunt, and that's called r kappa, A-R-C-A-P-A. Anomalous right coronary artery from the pulmonary artery. So you can see there really are four types. Al kappa is the one that's most famous. R-kappa, I just showed you. And there are really rare ones, both coronary in the pulmonary artery, an accessory coronary from the pulmonary artery. And I have to admit, I've not seen those, but something to consider. Wonderful case about R-kappa. Age of presentation infancy to adulthood, presentation can be angina, myocardial infarction, sudden death, but many of these patients are asymptomatic, and if you discover them, surgery is the treatment of choice. It's really rare, 0.002, that's as rare as you get, but it is just a beautiful example. It does make the point that you need to look very carefully at the coronaries In many ways, the first thing to look at is the origin. Where are things coming from? Is the right coronary from the right cusp, the left coronary from the left cusp, or is it coming from the pulmonary artery or some other area? So origin becomes very critical. We then follow the course of the vessel and then we see where the vessel ends. Very nice example. Okay, another case. 44-year-old chest pain, very nonspecific. Coronary CT is ordered. And look at the patient's LAD. You see it, it's a bit tortuous. Here it is again. And again, and very nicely shown in 3D. So what is going on with this vessel? Look how it's going into the myocardium, right? So when I ask you what's the diagnosis and I've just given you a massive hint, is it stenosis, bridging, spasm? Look again. Look at the patient's LAD dropping into the myocardium, shown well on the 3D as well. This is myocardial bridging. Myocardial bridging is an epicardial segment of a coronary that courses through the myocardium. It's congenital and most people think it's not important. non atherosclerotic anatomic anomaly of the coronaries. Typically felt this was not associated with clinical symptoms but now there is some concern that perhaps it is. If I did ask you what's the most common vessel involved with bridging, and it's almost always the only vessel, then your answer would be A, the patient's LAD. And here's some nice schematics of the normal coronary sitting in the fat above the myocardium, and there's myocardial bridging. You can see very nicely going deep within the patient's myocardium how deep and for how long a length are some of the critical determinants as to whether the patients are symptomatic or not. Good article by Lee making the point that this was described over 250 years ago. And it's seen in a few percent of angios. Some people feel that it can result in symptoms, particularly if the bridging is a long segment, or it goes deep enough typically found mid-segments of the LAD. Um, There's a few interesting articles. Recently, Jill Jacobs wrote an article, prevalence 10% on coronary CTA, length 23 millimeters, tunnel depth 2.6. Nakura, the segment proximal to a segment with myocardial bridging, is frequently involved in atherosclerosis. So their point is the bridging zone is not important it's the zone proximal to the bridging that becomes uh, important. Atherosclerotic preferentially develops immediately proximal to the bridge segment, likely due to alterations in shear stress, while the compressed segment itself is often spared. That's kind of counterintuitive, but it's the case. While frequently asymptomatic, this condition may be responsible for adverse complications, including agina, myocardial ischemia, coronary syndromes. LV dysfunction and shunting, arrhythmias, and even sudden cardiac death. So there's just very nice example, classic vessel, LAD. Classic location, mid vessel. Length, several centimeters and several centimeters deep. Just a beautiful example. Now, what happened with this patient? What did they do? The patient was told they had myocardial bridging. Since they had no other issues, they were told to be treated conservatively and not worry about it, but they would be followed by a cardiologist. So let's now look at another case, and I'll show you the case. Let's do that same thing again. 41-year-old male with a history of HIV and drug abuse, chest pain, coronary CTA as part of a screening study, and here's the patient's coronary arteries. So, and there is another coronary artery. Look at that, right? What the heck is that right coronary artery doing, going, right to left anteriorly. Here it is in 3D, which will help a bit. And here it is, all of the images together. So now I'm asking you the question, what is the best diagnosis? But you're gonna have to wait for next time to get the correct answer. See you in a few minutes. Bye.